0: Lair it up, right side for Goddard, leaping, one hand grab, get out of here, touchdown Dallas Goddard! Oh my,
1: what a grab by Dallas Goddard. Now I know, only
0: I can stop It's not that we gotta do what we do, it's what we know, so to me it ain't nothing but being true, but now I know. Hey guys
1: and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited to talk Dallas Goddard with my uh, my friend Jordan Plocker. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Jordan. Before we get into that though, just a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well now you can, thanks like to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code D to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy so just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, Jordan, I'm really fired up to have you, man. I, I know this
0: this is, I think you told me this is your your baby here. Like, how are we doing today? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm great, man. It's always it's always great to talk Dallas Goddard, Elliot. I'm always down for that. I knew I needed to do
1: a podcast on the tight ends coming up, and I was like, I have to have Jordan on to talk Dallas Goddard because you've been talking about him for like three years now. <laughs>
0: You know, honestly, like, uh, to take us back to the to the beginning, uh, it started, yeah, um, you know, leading up to the 2016 draft, you know, the two top quarterback prospects that year were Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, which, you know, and, uh, and we, PFF grades every, you know, player and on every FBS game, but we don't do the FCS, so we had all this data on Goff and no data on Wentz, per se, and uh, an NFC client team came to us and said, hey, can you guys do all of Carson Wentz's 2015 season so of course we said yes and so uh you know a handful of us went back and and we we did all of uh you know all of the North Dakota State games I had one of the North Dakota State uh, South Dakota State games was one of my games and so I'm watching this and I'm basically trying to pay attention to more of the Carson Wentz you know side of things but when South Dakota State has the ball and there's this tight end and they split him all the ways in the red zone they spit him all the way out wide and this you know 220 pound linebacker runs out there to, to cover him and uh, no idea who the guy is again he, but he uh, on the snap he just gives the linebacker a little shake and he stacks him on this vertical route and then plucks the ball out of the air and then the the linebacker just sort of falls off of him like he was like his big brother you know just like and he just sort of totally little brothered the linebacker and then scored a touchdown. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. I just, I just found, I just found him. I found gold. And I had to <laughs> immediately, I sent him a Skype message to Steve Palazzolo, our you know director of scouting there at PFF. And then Josh Liskowitz And I said, I have no idea who this kid is, but he's a top 50 pick uh, in the NFL draft. And he'd only caught like 26 balls that year. Um, but that was one of them, and I was just blown away by him. And so, yeah, I've basically been talking about him nonstop ever since.
1: That's hilarious. And then, of course, he followed that up for you by coming out the next year, right, and catching 92 passes for 1,293 yards and 11 touchdowns in this past year, catching 72 passes for 1,111 yards and 7 touchdowns. He shows up to the combine at 6'4", and what is it, 5'8", so basically 6'5", 256 with 34-inch arms. So really every ideal trait that you look for from a tight end in terms of pure size when you watch his tape what makes you most excited about his game
0: oh it just I mean I don't know how you stop him I mean he's you know, I wrote an article um you know if you want to go check it out on profootballfocus.com and it's you know is Dallas Goddard or actually so it's, it's just Dallas Goddard is the is an NFL's next mismatch weapon and you uh, know that's exactly what he is I mean he's he's too big and physical for uh you know corners and safeties to really handle in coverage and then he's too fast for linebackers to sort of stay with him in coverage so I just I see a tremendous mismatch weapon you know in the NFL uh, you know not just in red zone but you know all throughout the field uh, he can be used in so many different ways so it's just again just a really really exciting player yeah
1: when I watch his game the way they used him reminded me of Travis Kelsey. Now, I, that's not my player comp for him, but just in terms of you know, running um, out of the slot, running out wide, running routes out of the backfield, kind of throwing those little sh- shuffle passes to him and just getting him mm-hmm. up in space. And, you know, he was, he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's a very good run-after-catch receiver, which is not something you get a ton out of tight ends, but he can kind of make people miss. He can run through contact, and he's got enough speed that if he gets in the open field, he can break. You, you mentioned his ability to beat linebackers and beat corners, kind of. Because he he gets played all over the field He he sees everybody The thing I was really impressed with was his catch radius And ability to catch the football Now I know he had some concentration drops Those don't worry me so much Because he's very comfortable catching the ball Outside of his frame you know, extending his hands, he has some real highlight one-handed catches in the end zone as well. I think his uh, catch radius and ability to catch the football at that size, and we talked about his ability after the catch, makes him a huge weapon in the NFL.
0: Oh, I, I totally agree. You know, like I said I mean like I said that that size, and then he's got that basketball background. So for him, it's just like, you know, again, if it's a smaller DB, he's just playing post-up ball. You know, he's basically just going up and getting that ball, and then and and his ball skills are incredible. Like you mentioned, the drops that he does have are more concentration drops of it's a design screen to him which how many tight ends get designed screens and he's already turned his head to run upfield yeah you know so like you said it's totally concentration drops his ball skills are, are are like incredibly rare uh you know i mean i i say sometimes that like he basically he has almost like odell beckham ball skills you know with his ability to sort of like just i mean what if he's got 10 and a quarter inch hands you know they can just engulf the ball with just one hand like it's no problem uh again it's just phenomenal to see absolutely
1: and you know, in today's age, day and age, when you can have a tight end that you can line up in line and in the slot and be a very effective receiver, it creates all kind of matchup issues for the defense as well. So before we get into his weaknesses, because basically the strengths are that he's a really talented receiver, can get open at all three levels of the field, has great hands, uh, and run after a catch ability. When you evaluate someone that played at the D1 AA level or FCS or whatever we're calling it these days, how does his level of competition factor into that, right? Because it's to me it's one of those things where you watch this guy that's making all these people miss and you say well is that just him being fantastic or the guys he's playing not being that great and um you mentioned his basketball background and all that stuff isn't he from britain as well like he's he's a very interesting background story but i'm curious when you watch a guy that plays at a lower level how does that factor into your evaluation
0: well i mean again you're just looking for you know When you evaluate players, you know, for long enough, you know what sort of, like, height, weight, speed, athletic parameters you're looking for, you know? So if they, you know, if they stand out on tape, and again, they're supposed to dominate their level, which he did, and then you've realized those other things, those other factors are there too, then, you know, that really sort of, you know, and, and completes the picture, but I mean, he, he played well when he played against FBS competition too. So I mean, he had one catch for nine yards against Missouri in 2014. He had two catches for 49 yards against Kansas uh, in 2015, and then five catches for 96 yards and a touchdown versus TCU in 2016. And I mean, there was one player, the TCU safeties, he basically beat up both safeties, couldn't tackle them. They, they, both of them bounced off of him, you know? And so he, he can go up to, you know, uh, that power five ball and- and play, you know, or not to say power five ball, but FBS ball and play at that level. And then, you know, when you saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was only there for he only got like two one on one reps, but he won both of them. And it was against a, uh, you know, Clemson linebacker Dorian Daniel, and then South Carolina State linebacker Darius Leonard, who was actually our highest graded coverage player that week in Mobile. So he's shown that again when he when he does face the higher levels of competition, that he can <laughs> he can beat them up pretty bad as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I just wanted to ask that question because I think it's it's something important worth discussing. But the TCU game is a great call, and at the end of the day, the college tight end receivers very rarely have this kind of production at whatever level. Um, oh, yeah. When, when you talk about his weaknesses in his game, are there anything that concerns you?
0: No. Huh. <laughs> Uh, you know like honestly there's there really is very little that concerns me I mean the, the knock that some people are going to say is that you know he's not necessarily a dominant run blocker but I, I honestly I may mean, not say dominant but uh, I mean I, I disagree that he's not a highly effective run blocker I mean his run blocking grade's really impressive when we did it I mean you can put him in like in addition to all the stuff that we mentioned it was like okay we can put him in the slot and he can pre- perform we can put him out wide and he can perform uh, you know you could line him up at an inline Y and he can just bury a defensive end on Uh, you know like a power run so to me you know and he's 260 pounds so you know it's I I don't really see the weakness. I mean, the weaknesses I guess would be for, you know, for tight ends, there's usually isn't like even a tight end position coach in your roster. You know, I don't have, you know, South Dakota state's coaching list here, but normally it's, you know, they either get like some wide receiver coaching or some offensive line coaching, but no like specific tight end coaching. So he's going to, you know, he's going to require a, you know, a decent amount of coaching, you know, once he gets to the NFL and that, you know, will be, I guess a weakness. Um, But yeah, I honestly just think his game is just so all around, you know, on film is, I mean he looks incredible his production matches it even like when we go out and do our you know advanced like pff stuff his production is is like off the charts and then again when we look at his height weight speed i mean he didn't get to fully work out at the combine he will at his pro day but i mean we're talking about you know the athletic profile of of a top 10 tight end
1: so when i watched him blocking i thought he was inconsistent i thought there were a lot of good reps and i thought there were some real bad ones i think sometimes he loses his feet i think he's a much i think he's better in the slot as a blocker than he is in line and I think that's going to be a transition for him I mean but I in fairness to him and tight ends in general I mean in line blocking is a huge transition for every player when they go in the NFL I mean look at OJ Howard last year right wasn't he PFF's highest graded uh, run blocker at the tight end position and this past year he struggled in that area some so I I think he has some bad reps and he also has some good reps
0: no I mean I don't I don't doubt that Elliot you know my my thing is that like Honestly, with the way that things are trending and if you have a player at this talent level with this skill set, why even have him run block? <laughs> I mean like I would just like have him out there just abusing the secondary again as a mismatch player you know put him in the slot put him out wide. I mean you can again you can put him in line and have him run block but yeah that's that's just I mean the, the the run game is becoming so so much less of a priority in the NFL now that honestly like I would just I would just view this guy as a perimeter player
1: That's fair and that actually kind of works right into my player comparison so I think he kind of mixes he's like a mix of Cameron Brait and Zach Ertz. Uh, Ertz for the ball skills, Braid for some of the route running stuff. Um, he's a probably a, he's a better blocker than Ertz is, but um, probably a little bit better of a blocker than Braid is too. But just kind of uh, a mix and match of those guys, and those are two guys we've seen dominate the slot position as tight ends in the NFL, and especially Ertz be downfield weapons. And Ertz has those great ball skills that reminds me of uh, Goddard. So you're you're absolutely right. I mean, run blocking. It seems like it should be really important for tight ends, but it's less and less each year with the way the NFL is trending. So I think that's a really good call. I just whenever I talk about any prospect, I want to make sure that, you know, I try to paint a full picture and say that no prospect is perfect. But when you watch him, is there anyone that he reminds you of?
0: Oh, I I mean, my my player comp for him um, has been Travis Kelsey with Odell Beckham's ball skills. Uh, and everyone laughs at me and says I'm being way over the top. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, over the top, but again, that's, that's just what I see. You know, he does possess, you know, when you talk about Ertz, you know, I'm I, I sort of, uh, used Ertz as my comparison when I wrote the article on him because he, he like taking the Eagles, for example, he has those, the, the traits to be a Y like Selleck. And then he has the traits to be a, a U move tight end, like, uh, Ertz. So again, yeah, I like the Ertz comp. I like the break comp. I like the, you know, uh, uh, Kelsey comp, you know, that move tight end that you can use in the slot and use out wide. But again, he still could do some inline wide stuff. But, you know, again, why why use them when these other guys are showing, you know, what what he, what the, that second move tight end can do, especially in the red zone?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Kelsey thing makes sense, too, because of the run-after-catch ability. I mean, I, for, for my money, I'd say Kelsey's the best run-after-catch receiver or tight end in the NFL. And He's, he shows a lot of that in his film. You know, you clearly, I want to say man crush. Is that fair to say?
0: Oh, yeah, it's totally fair. Like we, we joked, uh, you know, before that there's probably a, like he probably has a restraining order against me. Like, I don't think I'm allowed to be within like 500 feet of, of Dallas Goddard. He, but, yeah, I, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, like some of the stats that we, we just pulled up when we just graded him this past time, because I don't know if you saw his, his, his like PFF grade are much higher than anybody else is at the tight end position. He's a 96.8 overall, which again was against FCS competition. But then you know the next highest is Mark Andrews, 88 in this draft class. But like you mentioned, run after the catch is 8.2 yards after the catch last year and he forced 12 missed tackles which was the national lead for tight ends so you know he does have that run to the catch ability
1: yeah absolutely it, it, to me it's like Dallas Goddard is your uh is your Deshaun Watson so I, I listen I get it so if you could pick the team that he goes to in order for him to have the most success like his best possible landing spot in your mind is where
0: the Rams uh, you know, because because for a couple of reasons, actually. One, McVeigh loves uh, using multiple tight ends. I mean, he really would honestly like to use 13 personnel for a, a chunk of plays each game. And no one uses three tight end sets in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, he would love to have a bunch of these big mismatch guys. Um, and then with Jared Goff's accuracy, I, I'm, a, I'm a Goff guy. I like his accuracy and his ball placement. You know, again, with this catch radius and the ball skills on Goddard, You know, someone like Goff who can, you know, really just put some well-placed balls. I think that that type of situation would lead to, you know, to the most success for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I wonder, and you could get pretty creative with him and Everett. The place I'm most scared to see him go is New England (laughs) as a Jets fan because... I think if you combine him and Gronk and made him Gronk's ultimate successor, we'll see how many more years Gronk plays. And he kind of slides into that Aaron Hernandez role. We know how much they like to use t- two tight ends and how creative they've gotten with the slot receiving position in general. I-, I think he could do a lot of good things there. And, I mean, you're talking about Goddard. He's probably going to go end of round one, some point round two. Is that is that fair where you would guess yeah, I mean,
0: my, the way that I would slot it again, I, to me, he's a top 50 player, but like, you know, and I'll, I'll tell people that the way that I would slot, it would be pick 19 where, where Howard went last year is probably uh, something he's not going to reach just because he doesn't have that pedigree of, you know, you know, production at Alabama. Um, but yeah, I think in the forties would be his floor. So, uh, you know, somewhere in that range of 20 to 40. So yeah, I think if, if new England, if he's there still at, at you know, at new England's pick, I think there, I mean, there's no way they don't
1: take him. In my yeah, so, mind. So that's my nightmare scenario. But,
0: <laughs> but if I had it to, would be a nightmare scenario, yes.
1: Because, yeah, yeah, that would do so well. I mean, Pittsburgh, he could do terrific in what, what, what they do. I mean, they don't really have that move tight end right now. I mean, they have Vance McDonald, but I think he's New a much Orleans, better player.
0: New Orleans would be great with him and Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah I mean, Yeah. Uh, again, like, uh, you really want to pair him more so with, like, I mean, with a quarterback, but more so with, a, with an <laughs> offensive coordinator, like you mentioned, that's just going to, you know, really want to be creative and have two tight ends sets and, and maybe even three tight end sets and you know especially down in the red zone because you can shape an entire red zone offense around Dallas Goddard you know in the way that you know the Falcons have shaped one around Julio Jones or the Buccaneers is now shaped around Mike Evans you know just that mismatch red zone weapon again I, I, I think that's where what he is but you need to pair him with the right offensive mind
1: the one last one I would say is uh, Minnesota with DiFilippo coming from that uh, Philadelphia system where we just saw the Selic and Ertz and you know Rudolph is better than Selic, but then you can have um Goddard play that Ertz role and you get incredibly creative with that offense and they would have so many weapons and they would be terrifying to try to stop Jordan I just want to thank you for coming on man I, I really appreciate it I, I... I love your work. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you?
0: Uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, on Twitter, I'm at, at PFF underscore Jordan. And then uh, you just a bunch of my draft work it just goes up on profootballfocus.com. So go check that out. And then we have this amazing draft guide now, that is part of like, your subscription to PFF Edge or PFF Elite. So people should definitely go get that. That thing is hundreds of pages long and amazing.
1: That draft guide is going to be the most detailed thing you can find on- online of of the prospects from from stats the player profile so definitely worth it and worth getting a pff edge subscription for sure guys he's jordan plocker you can find him on twitter at pff underscore jordan i'm elliot chris as your host of draft daily as always you can listen to us on itunes stitcher and google play we really appreciate listening guys thank you i am to my last breath i am hustle to my yeah yeah yeah, you should have never doubted me. The pain and the struggle followed me. My daddy never been that bothered me. And his cold streets made a man of me.